Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Recorded live. Mike, check one, two, we on. Cards of Girl Boxing, weekly podcast. It's your man, Coltrane. It's been a long time, I know. Uh, shout out to Roberto Flack, R.O. Diggity, Ride or Die, and the whole Guard Your Girl Boxing family out there. Um, I'll be riding Dolo for the evening. Shout out to my dude, Roberto Flack, man, who's, you know, a little under right now, a little under the weather. You know, we're praying for a speed recovery for you, my dude. But um, we got a lot to get into, folks, um, in a very little bit of time. Um, we had a re- really action-packed weekend that just took place with some fights, uh, some controversial. Uh, what, 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 what would a weekend of boxing be without a controversial decision? Uh, anyhow, we, got, we, we had those fights that took place. We had some signings that took place. We had a press conference that took place for a big fight that's coming up in March between two uh, undefeated welterweights. Uh, and the big, I think that probably the biggest news that came out of it since we last spoke last week was, uh, probably the Canelo Alvarez and, uh, Julio Cesar, Julio, Julio uh, Cesar Chavez Jr. Uh, fight that's being made at a, a contractual, uh, catch weight of 164.5 pounds. See, that's right. 164.5 pounds. Um, we'll see if they my, uh, um, I think it's like May 6th, give or take. I, I don't know exactly date, but uh, that will be taking place. Uh, that'll be the big pay-per-view fight of 2017. And, you know, um, it, it, it's, it's kind of a, a circus act. Uh, and the reason being is that you know, anybody that's been following the sport of boxing knows how hard it is, how hard it is for anybody to come down and weight, you know, a bigger guy, but yet alone a guy who struggles for weight. And, you know, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., uh, I think he started out as a junior welterweight, if I'm not mistaken. I swear, like, the first time I saw him, he was, uh, you know, uh, a junior welterweight. And then, you know, he had problems maintaining weight. So he moved up in weight not because his body, you know, like some fighters, they gradually grow up and they outgrow the weight class. But in this situation, he just was just being irresponsible and not disciplined, disciplined enough to maintain a weight, and he just kind of like ballooned his way up, pardon the pun, uh, to all these, these, you know, these higher weight classes. So um, it's funny though, because you know, I was looking at his record; he only has uh, what two losses, and it's uh, Fator and uh, Sergio Martinez, if I'm not mistaken. Believe I believe he only has two losses. Um, it was great to say. Uh, so, yeah, so, you know, I mean, look, Kanawa Alvarez, everybody knew the story. Um, you know, he was supposed to fight, uh, what's my man's name, uh, Triple G, obviously. And, you know, it was a big t- dispute over the weight and, you know, things of that nature. So, 
you know, we'll see what happens, you know, as far as that goes. But right now, that fight is not taking place. Canelo Alvarez is fighting Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. And, again, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., he just fought at 167 pounds. And, you know, this is, again, this is a guy that's been struggling to make weight. And now that he's asked to be asked to come down. Now, originally when the fight was first talked about, you know, we kind of all laughed it off and, you know, didn't think it was serious at first. And then as, like, time progressed on, we like, wait a second. This stuff is starting to have a little bit of lead. You know, it just kind of didn't, it, it kind of didn't just vanish. It didn't go away. So, you know, uh, we thought they were going to fight at a 165. And then the next thing you know, you know, they, it was like a delay, a hold up. They were saying that Chavez didn't sign a contract. You know, Golden Boy had released the suit and like, you know, they, they, they have the paperwork. Well, what do you know now, basically? So you had that whole thing playing out. And what it had came down to was the weight. And that half a pound, I think that was the holdup. And so now you're asking a man who's already weight-drained to begin with at 165 pounds, you want him to lose a half, another half, half a pound. And let me just explain something to people out there who don't really follow the sport closely and may think, well, what's the big deal? You know, there's, there's, I'm going to just give you the most simplistic answer first. You know, there's weight classes for a reason. And as simplistic as it may sound, it, it, there's a lot behind that. And, you know, there's weight classes because, you know, it gives each fighter a fair advantage and it allows the fighter to uh, fight in a weight class that where he's not killing himself to meet with him or herself to make weight. So, you know, these guys, they got nutritionists, uh, strength and conditioning coach, coaches to make sure that they eat properly, you know, make sure they got the right the right nutrients going inside their body just so they can make that particular weight. And, they are, and, you know, guys are struggling to make their normal weight. So now you want a guy to come down and it may not seem like a lot, a pound, two pounds, three, whatever, half a pound, but it's a lot, you know, and, and, you know, we got this term in boxing, we say weight drain. And you see the fighters when they when they weigh in the night of the fight, they, some some guys, like a guy like me, when pretty much look the same, you know, his body is always fluid, but some guys, we like to use the term called, called dry, they look dry, and they look like they're, they, you know, like a, a towel, you know, you wring a towel out, you know, that's how kind of how their body looks, and their faces are a little something. But the next day, they rehydrate back to their normal weight. You know, once they get the fluids and, and the proper nutrients back in their body. But I mean, this is, I'm just talking about a normal weight-in. So now you're asking guys that barely make the weight that they normally would make to lose even more weight. And that's why, you, you know, when this happens, and I'm going to just give you an example of, of, of uh, Roy Jones Jr., who moved up to heavyweight and fought Antonio Tarver, in his next fight at light heavyweight, and he had to come down like 20-something pounds, which is like crazy. And, you know, everybody talked about how weak Dream Roy Jones looked at the weigh-in for that fight, and we all know how his performance looked. You know, um, I mean, let's go. Paul Williams is a guy who looked like a ghost on his weigh-ins, you know. Um, but, you know, these guys, you know, it's, it's tough, man. You talk about bigger guys, and, you know, most normal – you know, the, the normal body mass weight for a guy that's like 5'10", you know, maybe like 100 and what, I don't know, 165 to 185. I mean, I know people guys will be more than that, but, you know, that's like a normal, that's considered somewhat normal. You got guys that's 5'10", that might fight at 100, 
well, we need to have one guy for it at 135 pounds. So boxers aren't like normal civilians, you know, when it comes to weight. You know, you got a guy that's five foot seven. You know, a normal guy that's five foot seven walking around the street clothes might weigh 100 between anywhere from 150 to 175 pounds. I'm talking about a five foot seven guy. You know who weighs 175 pounds? Andre Ward. So you, if, you know, you as a regular guy would have to fight at light heavyweight or middleweight. You know, uh, anyhow, so Julio, getting back to Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. with this whole weight thing, you know, his thing, you know, as far as his, him making weight, it's more, about a dis- it's, more about, it's more about discipline. And he's going to be weight training, folks. You know, um, yeah, it's going to be a good fight. Um, it's great for the Mexican fan base because it's on Cinco de Mayo, the Mexican holiday. Um, you know, Julio Cesar Chavez is, has a name that is golden. You know, his father is like God in Mexico, and rightfully so. You know, the guy is a legend, you know, but his son is offspring, pretty much living off daddy's name. And I actually like Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. I thought he was entertaining. Um, I said, if this guy can just, you know, put it all together, he could be a mega superstar. You know, we always talk about you need stars in the sport of boxing. I think it's actually hilarious that he doesn't speak English, but he does speak English, and here's a guy that, you know, probably went to some of the best private schools money can buy. Like, he didn't grow up poor at all. Like, his dad was, you know, put, did pretty well for himself. But, you know, he has, like, this tough guy attitude. Like, you know, he's from off the streets of Mexico, and he refuses to speak English when he does speak English. I think that's actually kind of cool, you know. But you still got to put it all together in the ring. And the fight he, when he, the fight he took against Sergio Martinez, you know, he was pretty much getting out boxing that fight. And did he not almost knock Sergio Martinez on the 12th round? So he showed you some flashes that, you know, he could be pretty decent. And like I said earlier, he does only have two losses. He lost to Sergio Martinez and uh, Andres Kumar. Uh, you know, those are the two guys that he lost to. And he probably had another loss when he fought Alvarez. The problem with this fight is, again, and I hate to sound like a, a broken record here, or a or, 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 or looped-up hook but and repeating the same thing. Um, but it's the way it comes down to the weight. You know, if everything was all even, you know, they were fighting at a legitimate weight, then, you know, I, who knows what could happen. But Alvarez, uh, you know, uh, will probably, you know, might show some flashes of vulnerability early in the fight. But just like in the American fight, how the weight played in, because – Amir Khan had no business being at, you know, uh, above 147. Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. got no business being beneath 158, you know, yet alone 165. So it's funny how that one half a pound made a big difference. So, you know, these guys are very intelligent. I tell you people this all the time that, these guys that they hire, this isn't your. These aren't your dead fighters. Like these guys run boxing camps, like football teams. Like you guys have no idea, like who's on staff with these guys. Like they, they got like scientists and you know special nutritionist guys that you know guys that that like NFL players use. You know, these, this isn't just the trainer, the coach. You know, the uh, the cut man, the manager. You know, maybe a guy that. You know, just just work straight on fitness. What you know, it's like ten or twelve guys in these camps, and everybody got a job to do. And you know, uh, a big part of that job is is, is weight watchers, weight watchers. And I'm not talking about the thing that your mom or your grandma and her, where you, you know, she got she walks around with her sheet and watching her calories. No, 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 no. These are guys that are uh, preparing meals for people that have done research 
on what you should be putting in your body, what not should be putting in your body. I mean, it would be great that we all can have people like that, but we all don't make the, you know, the big bucks like these guys. So I just want people to just kind of just, you know, factor that in, you know, uh, when it comes to these kind of situations. That half a pound may not seem like a big deal, but that's the difference between the fight maybe going 10 rounds or maybe only going seven rounds for him being just weight drained and, you know, just out on his feet. We're really we're, – we got a little bet going on uh, in the Garger Grill camp, is, and, and, and that's to see if he can actually make it to the scales. You know, because I'm serious. We're not joking. Like, it's going to be tough, man. You you talk about a guy who's struggling to weight, and then you want him to get down to, like, even a smaller weight. But we'll see how that goes. I mean, that's all the way in May. You know, we'll deal with that when we get there. But um, we, that's, we also have some other news outside of what took place recently, and that's Danny Swift Garcia and Keith one-time Thurman presser up in New York City that, uh, that took place uh, yesterday, I believe. And boy, was it entertaining. You know, if there was any type of prelude or what this fight was going to be like come March 4th, oh, it's going to be love, man, for all of us. You know, shout out to Angel Garcia, man. Let me just say this real quick to the folks out there because I think people get his his his, his, uh, his stick misconstrued. I think when Angel Garcia, and Angel Garcia is the father of Danny Garcia, I think what Angel Garcia does is a stroke of genius. And let me tell you this, why. What he does is he does this in every fight, Especially when he knows Danny is going up against a talker, you know. And, like, when he fought Zeb, you know, when he fought um, uh, Roberto Guerrero, uh, the Ghost Guerrero, you know, um, you know, because his dad likes to talk a lot of trash. So what he does is he deflects the attention off of Danny and puts it on the, puts it on himself. This way, and Keith Thurman even fell into this trap a little bit, and I'll get into it in a second. This way people will be like, no, Danny's actually cool. You know, it's his dad that... I got the issue with. So this puts the pressure off Danny and make people more so make it about Angel. And what that does is, and I'm not saying that this is concrete, this is, this is a, you know, a, a guaranteed attack, a, a but it is it, it is uh, mental warfare and, 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 and it's, it's gamemanship at its best by playing mind games with Danny's opponents. You know, he's he's antagonizing. And he's trolling, as, 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 you know, as we like to say with people, you know, just in the comments section talking reckless, he's trolling uh, these fighters, you know. And these guys, they can get off their game plan. Maybe they come out, you know, with a relentless attack early in fights and they play right into Danny Hand. Who knows? But I do like the fact that he talks trash to these guys because it takes, takes the, uh, the heat off of Danny. And... This weekend, and I'll say this about Keith Thurman, I actually, you know, not that I ever disliked him, but I've grown to like him a lot more. I thought he handled himself really well, you know, with this situation. You know, um, he didn't really lose his composure. He was asking tough questions. He even got blindsided with a question about Mayweather saying he was ducking from Earl Spence. And the little kid did his homework. He brought up some examples of, you know, um, well, I could, he said, well, I'm not going to get into verbatimly what he said, but he's like, I mean, we all can talk about fights that we could have or should have that we didn't take for whatever reason. And he brought up, excuse me, he brought up some examples of Mayweather. So that showed me that he did his homework, and he, he answered the question really intelligently uh, without, you know, going in an attack mode. He defended himself as he should. You know, somebody puts you in the corner. I don't care who it is. You know, you have to defend yourself, you know. But, you know, I just thought he handled himself really well, you know, he he said, you know, he don't have any personal beef with Danny. You know, this is all business. 
and he just feel like he's going he's going to come out the victor on you know Saturday, uh, March I think fourth I forget the exact date. But when they you know when they square off, he just think he's a better fighter. He think he's more battle tested. One of his one of his biggest claims is that Danny Garcia hasn't fought a, a heavy handed welterweight, and he's right. He Danny has it. You know to that point. You know, but one thing I disagree with him with is with. You know, talent is talent, and Danny's been in there with Lucas Matisse. You know, he's been in there with Amir Khan. I mean, if we just going to talk about, you know, being in there with the better guys, that's two good guys, better guys than, you know, Keith Thurman, other than Sean Porter, who did he really fight? You know, you could say Guerrero or, you know, that's pretty much it. I mean, you want to say Louis Collazo, but, you know, come on, Khan fought a bunch of Louis Collazo-type guys. So, again, so, you know, um, I think the resume is pretty even. I mean, granted, Sean Porter is better than any welterweight that Keith Thurman ever fought. But, you know, all that goes out the window because guess what? They all they both got to fight each other. Um, you know, we, we, we're split down the middle here. I don't know. That may change. It's too early to get into predictions. But I really like the way uh, Keith Thurman handled himself, you know, like a gentleman. So, props to him and enough respect due, you know. But, um. We'll get back to that. Let's just let's get into these fights because we don't have a whole lot of time. This is a really just a short recap of a show type deal. So you know you had Javante Davis uh, fight on Saturday on the Showtime uh, card on the undercard of the uh, James Miguel and Badu Jack fight, super middleweight fight, and this is a big test for uh, Javante Tank Davis against uh, uh, Jose Pedraza. You know Pedraza, you know as we all know, was the IBF champion and. You know he's a pretty was supposed to be his toughest toughest you know toughest fight to pass you know uh, for Tank and he pretty much made easy work out of him you know well it's not really a whole lot to get into the fight you know Tank you know beat his body up um, he's a real little guy too Tank you know so I don't think there's much room from here you know maybe he can move up to 135 at most but I, I think I can't see him going past that he's even smaller than Pacquiao but uh, one thing I did notice. That he does, and let me just get to Pajada real quick. The way I thought he fought, you know, I just thought he fought really reckless. And sometimes a fighter may dictate the way the guy fights. And Javante Davis took advantage of. I hate when tall guys, you know, uh, Pajada is a legit five eight, maybe five nine. You know, he's taller than this guy, you know, but he he, he bended it, he bent his knees and gave his height up and became target practice basically. You know, I, I can't stand when guys do that. But, you know, again, I, you don't know sometimes, you know, as fans, we see things and sometimes a fighter may see things that he can capitalize on and maybe that's why he crouched up like a tiger like that. But who knows? But anyhow, um, props to Javante Davis. You know, he he, he, he beat the living daylights out of Pedraza. I mean, I mean, it was a vicious. He, you know, dropped him a few times, you know, before stopping him. But um, the one thing I saw and, you know, he, here's who Javante Davis reminded me of. Definitely not Mayweather. See, one thing about Mayweather when these guys try to fight, Mayweather didn't get hit. These guys get hit. Like, even Broner early on in his career, and I wish Corey, shout out to GYGB's on Corey, because he was, like, going crazy. I mean, I told you this young boy the truth, yada, yada, yada. I'm like, yeah, he's okay, but I'm not going crazy because, you know, um, I tried to caution people with Broner, you know, and, these guys are still fighting a lot of stationary guys, you know, and, you know, yeah, Pedraza was a big test. I'm not diminishing or taking anything away from his Vicky, but I'm just saying that he, he you know, he, 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 he got hit a lot in that fight, and he gets hit, period, 
And when you're fighting against the guys, it's a little bit more tricky. They know how to clutch, know how to hold you. You don't know how to, you know, set punches up a little better. And squaring up that he does, you know, that stuff will come back. Oh, he squares up a lot. And what I mean by that, you know, for people who don't know what that means out there that's listening to the program, he sits and, st- he, you know, he sits and he steps into his punches a lot. You know, everything is like a, a load-up shot. You know, you see guys like Shane Mosley does do this. But see, like, the difference between Shane Mosley was, and I think the logic, the, the, some of these other guys, Shane Mosley, he unleashed his clip when he squared up, meaning, like, he let off, like, 30 shots. With these guys, they they throw more punches. Like he throw more punches than Broner, but it's a load up. It's like a he's setting punches up. It's a load up setup type of deal. It's almost like a hybrid situation. Like he's squaring up, but he's also trying to patiently set punches up. So you gotta be careful with that because what happens with that is, and you know what they say: if you stand on the X too long, you get X'd out. And you know him standing in front of an opponent squaring up like that. You gotta be careful with that because there's some guys out here. You you know. Which we 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 saw in the uh, the Julian Williams and the uh, um, the Charles twin fight, you know, guys can slip punches and, and and give it right back to you. You know, when you start fighting the more athletic guys, but you know, right now this is his moment. We're not going to you know um, take anything away, like I said. But our job is to you know critique what we see. You know, the good and the and the bad. So I just think that um, you know he needs to kind of work on those things, or maybe he just don't work on them. Maybe he's just going to be that kind of fighter. You know, everybody can't be Floyd Mayweather, and I always tell people that. But he just does little things that I can see coming back to haunt him. You know, but there's a lot to choose from. You know, thankfully, you know, from 35 on down, anything in game. You know, you got a whole lot of guys. You got the, you know, uh, Lomachenko, obviously not in that league yet, the Santa Cruz, Gary Russell Jr. of the world. Um you know, you got just a bunch of different guys, Abner Maras. I know they're a little bit higher than him, but, you know, where he's at now, there's not really any money to be, serious money to be made. So he's going to have to, you know, uh, frequent in between the little man weight classes, you know, moving up, you know, just a weight class or maybe two to, you know, make some money. You know, if you want to get paid, he's talking about pay-per-view, but, you know, you need a dance partner to do that. But um, you know, he the kid passed his test. You know, we wanted to see how he looked against a real opponent, and he and he won. So we can't take anything away from him. So we'll we'll be looking for more, looking more for Javante Davis. But um, the last fight I'm gonna get into is the, was the main event, and that was with Bobby Jack and uh, James Chunky DeGill. And you know, this was a really interesting fight. Um, a lot took place in this fight. You know, um, a lot of people scored it a lot. As once again, we're back to how do you score a fight? Now, the fight it was it was not two knockdowns took place. Um, uh, Badu Jack, you know, was controlled. I thought Badu Jack was pretty much controlling the fight. I thought I thought you know uh, James Aguil was a little bit more busier, but he wasn't hitting it. <clears throat> a lot of the shots were being blocked. I think that Bobby Jack probably would have won the fight had he not got dropped by DeGale. You know, he had the first knockdown, and DeGale knocked him down secondly. So it kind of balanced the scales out. But, again, it was a fight I thought could have won either way. You know, I was cool with the decision. Initially, I thought James DeGale won. Then I watched it again. I gave it to Bobby Jack. Um, but I'm not mad with the decision. I think it was a, 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 a fair decision. Unfortunately, they're not going to fight again. You know, they're not going to fight again. James Adele is actually, excuse me, Bobby Jack is actually moving up to 175. So, 
you know, he got, and then he should because that's, I just talked about Javante Dave. You got to go where the money. It's funny how things play out because remember, one sixty eight was was the big cash, was the cash cow. Now it's one seventy five. It's funny how that goes. How it flip flops back and forth like that. But um, that's pretty much it. Was it wasn't it wasn't Andre Ward, uh, Kovalov. It was it was the fight. It was it was clean and sloppy at times, you know. But um. I mean, it wasn't a robbery. I know a lot of people want to say it's a robbery. I think fans just like using that word. Like, uh, like that's not a robbery. A close fight that one guy could have won, the other guy, that's it's even, you know, that's a draw. I know some people clearly think Dottie Jack won. He didn't clearly dominate the fight. Like, let's just let's stop that, you know. Um, I know Mayweather was very adamant, but Mayweather's a promoter. People forget that. Like, he's not Mayweather the fighter. So he's no different from Bob Arum. Or Dale Hoyer or Don King at this point, you know he's he's riding for his guy. So of course he's gonna, you know, of course he's gonna yell robbery. You know he's going to bat for his guy. You know that's his as his balls. He's supposed to do that. So you know we'll, we'll keep a keep a close eye out. You know for those guys. I don't know what the girl's gonna do next, but um, you know maybe he'll move up to one seventy five too. So we'll see what happens. But that's pretty much our show for tonight, folks. Um. We still got a lot to get, and and and, and, I, and we, I believe the uh, fight of the year was uh, the fight of the year. Well, not our fight of the year. I think ours. Was, I think we picked Lomachenko, but a lot of people had uh, uh, Carl Frampton as their fight of the year, which uh, I don't. You know, I don't. I guess I don't have an argument. Where, you know, he did have a have a big fight. You know, I mean, that was a big accomplishment beating Santa Cruz. But, yo, guess who's fighting Friday at Saudi? You know, speak, I spoke to this guy earlier, Zab Judah. Zab Judah is fighting in New Jersey and Trenton. Honestly, that's not too far from the crib. But I don't know if I'm riding up there to check out Zab, you know, at this junction. But, you know, shout out to Jab, man. Zab, he's still making a living. He's fighting a 10-round fight. He's back in the union. Well, I don't think he kind of went back there a few years ago. So, um, I forget what else is taking place. I think uh, that might be it for January. If I'm not mistaken. Wait a second. Yeah, uh, I think that's it. But no, don't trip him. The call for him to Leo Cruz is in jail at the end of the month. That's the big fight that's taking place. Um, uh, the fight we just said, the fight of the year, that most people dubbed the fight of the year, uh, Carl Frampton. He's fighting the rematch of Leo Santa Cruz. So, you know, we got a good good first quarter, you know, um, starting out with a bang. You know, you use big fights. We normally don't get, you know, you get great fights like this right out of the shoot. You know, March is, March is uh, hotter than the grease at a fish fry. You know, that's how popping March is going to be. We got a lot of big fights taking place then. But, um, that's our show for tonight. This is this is Cold Train signing off. You know, remember we're on Twitter, you guard your at Guard Your Girl Boxing, on Instagram at Guard Your Girl Boxing, Facebook, Guard Your Girl Boxing. And we'll be back next Tuesday, next Thursday. The whole team should be in effect and we'll see y'all then. Peace.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.